What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. And I am Ben. And we're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. After a one-week hiatus, uh, sorry we couldn't get a show out to you last week, but, you know, things happen, and uh, we're back this week, and I uh, hope you're feeling better there, buddy. Uh, yeah, feeling, feel, feeling a lot better, yes. <laughs> good, good. All right. Um, yeah, episode 142, just all NFL today. All NFL as we get ready for the season. Ben and I, as well as others listening to this, you know who you are, preparing for our fantasy draft this Saturday. So, very exciting time. Uh, nothing fantasy-related, uh, not that we won't get into it at all, but uh, everything on the uh, the rundown is real football with the real players on the field. Uh, and we're going to start out with unfortunate news out of Jacksonville. Uh, the uh, perceived star... The uh, a guy who people had a lot of high hopes for, uh, Travis Etienne, twenty fifth overall pick for the Jaguars, hurt his foot and uh, I believe it was it was it exhibition game or was it a practice I think it was an exhibition game I, I think so yeah and um, you know had Liz Frank injury needs surgery will miss the entire season uh, this guy was expected to be a big part of a Jaguars backfield with rookie standout from last year James Robinson well rookie last year not this year obviously. Uh, and he was actually Trevor Lawrence's teammate at Clemson. So there's some familiarity there, too. Um, this really puts a hinder on the plans of a team that, I mean, they, they did improve a lot of quarterback, we, we believe. But, I mean, until you actually see it on the field, you don't know how, what this team is going to be. And, and they had a vision as to what they wanted to be, and losing ETN really that that vision takes a hit. I, I think the advantage, and we, I don't want to disparage uh, Travis Etienne his injury, but the advantage is the season has started yet. They have, I think, one more game to kind of restructure how they're going to go through uh, the season without Travis. And as we saw earlier in the day, and you didn't. You didn't note it on the rundown, but actually Sony Michelle got traded to the um, uh, L.A. Rams. Wait, what? Yeah, Sony Michelle got traded to, for two. How did I miss that? Picks. How did I, I miss that? I, I saw it just as I woke up, and I just remembered it like two seconds in, into recording that tra- uh, Sony Michelle got traded to the Rams. Wow. And, and this is this, and it was for two conditional picks, so it all depends on, you know how he performs, the success of the team, you know, different stipulations. I, I bring that up because right now is an opportunity. If there's a team out there with a, a skilled running back that they feel like they don't need. Now, now Sony Michelle is a usable running back. He has talent. He will provide uh, a, a dual threat in the backfield for the Rams with Henderson. But this is an opportunity right now if a team does have that extra running back that the Jacksonville Jaguars can go out and say, hey, here's a sixth, here's a seventh for running back X that maybe can fill some of the roles that Travis Etienne was going to fill. It's not going to be, you know, apples to apples because Travis Etienne is a talent uh that is, that is, I don't want to say rare, but he's very exceptional at what he does. And I think between him, Robinson, DJ Chark, 
Trevor Lawrence, it was going to be an explosive offense. And then they were going to add pieces as time goes on. It, it, it's an opportunity right now for, for Urban Meyer to go out and see if him and the GM can find that pseudo replacement uh, before the season starts. Because otherwise, you know, if this happened one week into the season, two weeks into the season, then they'd be a little bit more dicey and they'd have to kind of pivot uh, a few things, few things that they were going to do until he comes back, which obviously isn't going to be until next year. Maybe they can call the Jaguars and see if uh, Leonard Fournette's available. I mean, excuse me, the Buccaneers and see if Leonard Fournette's available. I mean, it's anything's possible, realistically. You, you never know. Yeah, um, no, I, I'm just being a smart ass there, but. Uh, yeah. You know, like, like it, think of it this way, Chris. If they're, they're bold enough and they want to, they can call up Minnesota for Madison and see. Oh, if, yeah, uh, that would not be a bad decision. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think it's we're we're in the NFL now where you need two running backs, you almost need three running backs, and I don't, and especially with James Robinson coming on, as you pointed out, an excellent rookie season, you don't want to wear him out. So bringing in someone in like they did with Travis Etienne to kind of manage that workload. Uh, it might help to have someone like Madison come in if you can pull him away from Minnesota or any other team that has that extra running back that they feel like it's a positive to have him. But if I can go get a fourth round or a fifth round pick, it might be more beneficial to the team. That's why uh, the Patriots traded Sony Michelle. They yep. have, they have a plethora. We actually talked about this. I think it was, I was uh, just going right. to say that you texted me a week ago and said, which running back do we get rid of? And I said, Sony Michelle is probably the most likely. Right. It was between Sony Michelle and, and Brandon Bolden because, you know, um, Ramondre has, has, has provided um, a lot in his few games as a rookie. Yep. And obviously Damian Harris seems to be the lead guy. They Dam- love JT. Yeah. Damian's. Yeah, Damian Harris, man. When he, I mean, yeah, he's had some injury issues. If he can stay healthy, though, look at look at the numbers compared to other running backs when he's healthy. He's a beast. Now you can't be a lead guy if you can't stay healthy more than four games a year. But yeah, if you mix him in with people, he's an effective running back. So I'm I'm pretty excited about their backfield this year. Yeah, and and the other advantage is that um, LA's even though they gave up two picks. And this is something teams have to look at as well. You give up two picks, but the Patriots drafted him in the first round. So yep. they also have the fifth, fifth year option. So essentially, if they choose, they have um, the fifth year option that they, 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 they can pick up. I think that um, I think that's next offseason. No, this would this that last year was, was it was this, this? Yeah, they had to do it already. They didn't. So then they, they didn't don't do have it? the fifth year option. No, Oh, that's right. Good call. Because I think that but, was the same. Was that was the same year they drafted Isaiah Wynn in the first round? I believe they. they I believe they picked up Wynn's option. Uh, that, that, yeah. Okay. So you're right. You're right. But that is that is something teams could look at uh, as an option if running back was taken in the first round. But obviously that's not the case in this scenario. I, I just think for the to, to kind of circle it back to the Jaguars. This was going to not going to be a lost season. This is going to be a building season. Yes. Because even with – we know what happened with Joe Burrow last year. But even with that, they weren't 
they weren't beating down the door of the the Ravens or the Steelers for the top seed in the division. They were competitive. They were uh, taking teams to the end, but they still didn't have quite the pieces in place or the experience in place to match tit for tat with the Steelers, the Browns, and the Ravens, which, by the way, that sucks for the Bengals that they have that those guys to face in the division. I, I don't think the the Jaguars are going to be in that kind of position, but they are. They do have the the Titans, and, and the Colts have one of, if not the best defense in the league. It, it, it's not. It wasn't going to be a great season for them to begin with, but a building season with Travis Etienne. Maybe they could have caught, caught lightning in a bottle, but it, it, it sucks for for ETN. But I think I think the the grand scheme of things, they'll benefit a little bit from this because he's he's such a pure talent and he's such a refined running back with the skill set he has. That I think as long as he's one hundred percent healthy, he'll come in next year. They'll drop him into the role they were going to drop him into, and it, it'll hit the ground running. Yeah, he's young enough to come back from this. Um, if he's, you know, later in his career and this happens, it, it can hinder you. I think he's young enough to bounce back and be just fine. Uh, it sucks for him. I know we had questions anyways after the year James Robinson had last year as to why when they had the 25th pick, the Jaguars weren't running back. But, like you said, if, if you're looking to rebuild, uh, I think Jacksonville's proven they cannot maintain an established defense. They, they blew that up the second they had the opportunity. Yeah. The one they had a couple years ago that pretty much led them to the AFC Championship game because God knows it was not Blake Bortles. Uh, so, I mean, there's that. You're going to need a, a powerful offense. You get the number one pick. I mean, the most – nothing's a sure thing, but the most perceived sure thing at quarterback since probably Andrew Luck. Uh, and, I mean, it's only it's only 2012, but when you talk about how many quarterbacks come out every year, that's quite a few players. They have that. Uh, they have Robinson. DJ Chark looks like a star. He could be a top five receiver with the right quarterback. I really believe that. That kid is amazing. Um, and you add NTN to it, or ETN, excuse me, add an extra N to his name, ETN. Uh, then, yeah, that could be a real dynamic offense. Maybe not this year, but they could build on it for next year, like you said. And they still can. There's still all the other pieces can still, still contribute and still do their thing, and they still have a good running back game. So this is a team that it's not nearly as hopeless as they were 12 months ago, but this is a hit, but it, it sucks more for the player. You know, the kid wanted to come out and improve what he could do, uh, but hopefully he'll be back and everything goes well. You mentioned the, uh, the Bengals and their division rivals, the, uh, the Ravens. Well, people seem to be worried that defenses and, and opposing teams are going to figure Lamar Jackson out. And uh, Lamar, <laughs> classic Lamar fashion, uh, didn't seem too worried. People wanted this big spiel about how they're going to figure him out and how other mobile quarterbacks in the past have had issues maintaining success because defenses can, can figure out what you're doing and where you're going and shut you down. And Lamar simply responded with, I doubt it. And I got to say, I, I kind of agree with him, honestly. Uh, we've talked about this before. Lamar's, Lamar's skill set, uh, more so than a pocket passer remains on him staying exceptionally healthy mm -hmm. because he's not, he's not doing the things he does. If he takes too many hits and his legs are sore, 
His back is stiff. Obviously, he's going to be banged up, but he has to stay healthy in the terms of an NFL season. Uh, so, obviously, not, you know, taking that into account, they're not going to figure this guy out. They're not. The only one who's going to stop Lamar is Lamar. Actually, I, actually, I'll disagree. There's there's two people that can stop Lamar. It's Lamar. I agree with that part. The other half is Greg Roman. And I think it was Steve Smith said last at the end of last year, they need to evolve the offense. We harped on this at the end of the season uh, as we're approaching the draft. They need to evolve the offense. And evolving the offense is, is integrating more of the passing game. And they tried to do that with um, – Rashard Bateman, but he just went down. And I just don't know how much you've evolved the offense from the end of last year to the beginning of this year, especially if Rashard Bateman is, has gone down for a significant time. And I just, it's not a Lamar problem. They can figure out how to not take him down, but like, have them under control, especially if they don't have outside receivers. Sammy Watkins is not the answer. We know that. Absolutely. Hollywood Brown, he, he's a good player, uh, first-round talent. He may have been a, a slight reach where they pulled him from. Uh, I like Rashad Bateman. I, I think collectively the talent is good. But are they putting it together – and then, as we discussed, two years ago, they had three tight ends set. Now, I, I I don't know where they're going with this offense because uh, it's all hinges on Mark Andrews being this super talented, high-level tight end. And then you also need complementary tight ends, which they don't think they've filled those roles uh, to the degree they did two years ago when they were the high-powered offense, they were going up against the Chiefs. I think they went up to get the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Uh, but it just seems like they went all in. We we agreed on the, them going all in on Lamar Jackson a few years ago, saying, this is our guy. Joe Flacco, we're moving on. That's fine. This is your offense. Great. You, you caught the league – uh, by surprise with the offense you implemented, but you haven't done enough each and every year as an offensive scheme and as a asset management to bring in the talent on the outside or more talent at tight end or not lose um, Hayden Hurst, who may have not been a great tight end, but he's finding a home in Atlanta and it seems to be a piece that they're, they're missing and they just haven't evolved that offense each and every year to expand Lamar Jackson's uh, ability to perform his skill set because I think he has the skills. He just, they just haven't put enough around him to make it, you know, uh, Kenny Galladay would have been a, a great choice for them instead of Sammy Watkins. Uh, maybe putting a little more money in which receiver than they wanted to, but get, 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 you need to put something there around him to right. to make it work. I you don't. Know, I, yeah, 
I don't think receiver is the problem with that team. I mean, I, I, we know it's not exceptional. I think Hollywood Brown's better than he gets credit for. Uh, I think the problem is, like you said, they haven't done anything since trading Hayden Hurst, which I didn't think would be that big of a deal when they traded him. I remember you said you thought it would be, and I didn't. But, you know, your point being, great players don't necessarily make great teams. People who fit in the systems properly make great teams, which is why the Patriots have won Super Bowls with the exception of Tom Brady with a roster people look at and go, what? Like that team that beat the Rams in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Right. If you match position for position, the Rams were far and away a more talented team. But the Patriots had people better suited for the roles they were in in those positions. That's how it works. So Hayden Hurst, while certainly not Travis Kelsey, fit that Ravens system beautifully, and they traded him and then didn't bring anybody in. I'm fine with them not going out and spending the money on a Kenny Galladay because the Ravens are not a team that's going to be throwing the ball 60 yards in, in the air down the field. The Ravens are a team that's going to run, use the tight ends, use Lamar's legs, and, and, and win with less passing than most teams because of the running game. I'm fine with them not going out and getting a Galladay. I think you should have gone a little bit harder after somebody who was better and more consistent than Sammy Watkins. We definitely agree that's not the answer. But there was tight ends available. This is a pretty heavy tight end market. Yeah. Who'd they sign? Nobody. Um, I can tell you their their current tight end roster is Nick Boyle, Mark Andrews, Josh Oliver, Eric Tomlinson. They drafted Ben Mason and then Tony Boyjohn. It, it, it's I, I'm I know I know Ben Mason because he went to Michigan. He's not he's not gonna be the answer. And Nick Boyle, I think he got injured last year because, again, yeah, the Yushas increased because they didn't have the talent. Now, you bring in a bunch of guys, you have six tight ends. They're not going to have six tight ends to start the season. But if I'm the Ravens, I look at this and say, okay, we had injury problems during the season last year uh, between uh, Mark Andrews getting nicked up and Nick Boyle getting nicked up. It's like, do we go in with five tight ends? Do we go in with four tight ends? And where are we losing out in the rest of the roster? Because if if they're going to maintain uh, this tight end running back heavy offense with some talent on the outside, but not to the degree that they may need, then you may need to go in with four or five tight ends. And that's going to hamper your, your, your roster. Sure. Because you, you just don't have – I don't know if anyone – because I didn't predict it, it was going to be that degree of drop-off. I knew it was going to be a drop-off, but not to the degree when they traded Hayden Hurst. But it clearly has affected them in a degree because Nick Boyle's not – Nick Boyle's not the answer. He, he's a nice blocking tight end, but he's not – he doesn't have the skill set that, that Hayden Hurst had. He was that in-between guy. And they don't have that. And they need that. Well, and Hayden Hurst didn't Hayden Hurst didn't do anything special. No, no, but he had a he had a skill set between Mark Andrews and, and Nick Boyle. He was kind of that in-between guy where Nick Boyle's more of that blocking guy. Mark Andrews is going to be that guy that 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 Lamar goes to in those crunch times. Talented what tight end. He's right. he's he's one of the top of the market. 
and Hayden Hurst was that in-between guy. Oh, Mark Andrews? Could... No, Hayden Hurst was the in-between. No, no, no. Guy. You said top of the market. You were talking about Mark Andrews, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Oh, I agree. Top three, easily. Yeah. 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 Um, and they just haven't figured it out. And I'm not saying they should have went and got Hunter Henry. I'm not saying they should have went and got John, John o. Smith. But to your point, if they're going to invest in a position on offense outside of Lamar, and they're gonna, they're probably gonna have to resign Mark Andrews at some point. Maybe that was the position. That was one of the guys they could have went out because Jonu Smith has. Jonu Smith would have been an upgrade over Hayden Hurst because he has more uh, receiving abilities and can block than does Hayden Hurst. And I think that's the, that's one of the missing points they have in this offense if they're going to keep the construct of the offense the same, is just that in-between guy. And maybe they're shooting their bullets at four or five different guys, and hopefully one of them figures it out. But I don't think it's going to work out. Yeah. And I think you, your point is, is, is on, 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 on point. There was a nice market for tight ends, and they didn't go out and get any. Why did the Patriots pay John New Smith and Hunter Henry the money they paid him? Is it because they're exceptional stat tight ends? Hunter Henry was earlier in his career. He, he had some nice years, but he's been injury prone. They paid him. First of all, they paid two because they know what they have to do. They know they need somebody reliable, uh, and and they're going to du- double down, especially since they had the cap room to make sure if somebody gets hurt, they have a backup. Two, don't both those guys fit Belichick's vision and the system? No, neither one is Travis Kelsey. Neither one is George Kittle. The four games a year he's healthy. Uh, so that's like a knock. I'm a huge fan of George Kittle, but the man's never healthy. He tries, but he's not healthy. Um, Darren Waller. Oh, wait, I said Mark Andrews is top three. I'd say top four because you got to throw Darren Waller in there the way he's played too. Darren yes. Waller's been exceptional. Uh, and Mark Andrews. And there's other guys who are on that 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 second level. And I would put, I'd put Henry and Smith at top form in, in middle of that second level. But they fit the system. They didn't have to go out and get a Travis Kelsey. I know he wasn't available, but they didn't anyways. They had to just get guys who fit their system well. Mark Andrews can be the guy. Nick Boyle can do his role. They needed somebody who could absolutely fill their role. And they had some money. They didn't do it. I will give them credit because people seem to forget this uh, because he got injured immediately after signing last year. Uh, I believe it was a left tackle for the Ravens. Uh, I can never remember the guy's name. Ronnie Stanley? Ronnie Stanley. In, in, incredibly good offensive lineman. Signed him to an extension to make sure Lamar was protected. And then he got injured almost right away, which obviously hurts the running game, hurts everything else from that point forward. So they didn't make efforts, and they did go all in on Lamar. I I just think this style was such a departure from what they've been the last decade that it's like, oof, okay. They were a defensive team that had Joe Flacco essentially being the game manager. Now, they have really, really good defense, don't get me wrong, but they do rely on offense a little bit. Offense to control the ball, offense to control the clock, and then hopefully score as well. So they're going to have to take some other steps. Um, you know, like you said, they they went out and got Sammy Watkins. Oh, okay. Cool. I mean, he's like great value of Murray Cooper. Um, he, he, might, he might get you two games a year where he's... He does something good, then he disappears instead of the three that Amari Cooper gets you. They drafted a kid. He's out. Is he out for the season? Who? Bateman? No, I think he's a few weeks. Okay, good. Hopefully, when Bateman comes back, for their sake, with Hollywood Brown and the tight ends, maybe one of those rookies will develop into something. Who knows? 
something to be said for taking a chance on people. But you're not in a position to take a chance on too much because you're you're about to. Make no mistake about it. The next massive contract coming out is going to be Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I mean, he's going to get paid. He's going to get Josh Allen some probably somewhere in middle in between the numbers that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes got. Because now they can't pay him less than Josh Allen got. No. Because it's going to be like, okay, you don't value me as much as that. That's not going to fly. No one's going to get more than Mahomes. That 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 contract is ridiculous. So you're about to pay him. You need to make sure you put the things in place to have him succeed. You're not a team that's rebuilding. You're restructuring certain positions. You're not rebuilding. You are. You know what you want to be. You have to put the people in position to accomplish what you're trying to what you're trying to do on the field. I I I, I'm just befuddled. And I, I'm going to close on this because I, I just looked up the top tight ends, and one name that stuck out at me, and you're, you're going to you're going to be beside yourself because you're going to I think you're going to agree with this. Kyle Rudolph was available this offseason. Yes, you got a great slide throw. him right into that spot. He would have been better than Hayden Hurst, and it would have gave a different level to the offense. And Chris, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, we we know they they had to have the money. He signed for two and twelve. With yeah, the, the Giants. Like, come on. I wanted the Patriots to sign him even after they signed Smith, <clears throat> John U. Smith, and Hunter Henry, just because he'd be that great third veteran guy in there, and he was cheap, relatively cheap. Yeah. Don't Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is still. He's still probably the, available. I, I, know, I know. I know he's on the Eagles. He's probably still, but he's been disgruntled, and he wanted. It's been no secret that unless everything's way off and sources are way wrong, that he's available and Eagles are willing to trade him. They could have. They they could have gone after him. Yeah, they could have offered him something. There's a lot of options. Like like we said, there's a lot of there's a lot of options out there, not just through free agency. There's there's a couple trades they could have made to um. Ball this offense. We know David and Joker's name was tossed around. OJ mm-hmm. Howard's name was tossed around. Like, I, I, I don't know what to tell them. Like, you wanted, you wanted this offense, and you structured it the way you structured it, and you took a piece out, and it's not a big piece, but it clearly has affected the offense drastically. <clears throat> and I think you, as the Ravens, it's your responsibility to put someone back in that place. And I think they're just trying to fire too many bullets this offseason with unproven rookie players that <clears throat> it just may not work out. And that, like I said, that's fine if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. It's fine if, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, if, if you're a team that's absolutely rebuilding. Yeah. This team is not rebuilding. They know what they are. They know what they want to be. They have, they have the big key players in place. They have to make sure they fill in the complimentary rules. And and the, the difference between Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland right now is razor th- is is an injury or two. That's literally it. You know, with 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 Devin Bush going down last year and um Bud Dupree going down last year, there was a difference with the t- Steelers offense. It it could be the same thing with Cleveland. Cleveland loses too many um 
defensive backs or if Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt go down or if Jarvis Landry goes down or if well, I don't want Odell. I mean, he, he didn't. I don't want to disparage Odell, but at this point, he's not really a factor. But when the when the tight end issue was it's coming, weird down, to say, but yeah, I know, very weird. But and then with Baltimore, you know, they traded as you pointed out. They they went all in on Ryan Stanley, and then he went down. And uh, Orlando Brown Jr. stepped up, and but now he's in Kansas City, so it, it's so razor thin. And then you have to remember, if you're Baltimore, by the way, Cincinnati is building, I don't want to say a juggernaut, but they're building something. And they're they're putting the pieces together. They have three wide receivers. They have their quarterback. They have a running back. It could get real ugly real quick for the Baltimore Ravens, even if they go all in and, and, and give Lamar his contract. If they just don't build it correctly, next two or three years, they could be sitting in four spot in the division. With no up. money to improve because it's all spent and locked up. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. Speaking of spending money, got a couple of signings here over the past. Uh, this, la- this first one happened, I believe, yesterday or the day before. And the second one is from uh, late last week. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, the Carolina Panthers gave Robbie Anderson a two-year, $29 million, $29.5 million extension with 20 guaranteed. Um, I mean, good move. Yeah, yeah. McCaff- yeah, McCaffrey locked up for a few years. Robbie Anderson was always very underrated with the Jets. I know even as a Patriots fan, Robbie Anderson was always one guy in fantasy drafts I tried getting late rounds because a lot of people underappreciated his talents, and the guy could go out and get you – he could go out and get you good wide receiver numbers, uh, wide receiver two numbers even. And you get him in the eighth, tenth, eleventh round. So, I mean, so this is a good move. Um, they just, you know, lost one of their receivers. Uh, this, uh, what did they lose? Was it uh, was Debo? Was it Debo? Debo, I think. Debo, yeah, he went to Washington, I believe. I think so. And uh, so, good move. I mean, you're. I think you already had him for another year after this. So you extended him two more, gave him his money, made him happy, and now you can move forward knowing you have your running back, potentially your quarterback. We'll see what happens. Sam Donald's still young. We'll see if a change of pace helps him. And then, oh, you have a receiver. So uh, I'll just mention this other one then, whatever, you know, comments you have on either signing. Uh, Jamal Adams uh, became the highest paid safety in football. Four years, 70 million with 38 million guaranteed. Um, A lot of people, for some reason, like to jump on this guy and blame him for wanting to trade after the Jets absolutely screwed the pooch with him. And pretty much messed him around in every way possible. He wanted out. The Seahawks paid big to get him. And then everybody seemed to kind of... Well, while he was injured, he was traded. And he couldn't come back and immediately integrate himself to a brand new team in defense. And everybody seemed to really just enjoy piling on him for that. Look at his numbers the last... What, second half of the season? He was outstanding. He's pretty much a threat from every angle at safety. One of the best in the game, if not the best in the game. We've always had high praise for Jamal Adams. This is a smart move by a smart move by Seattle. You don't give up what you gave up, and then not re-sign a star player when you have a chance. It's a smart move. It'd be it'd be dumb. It was like when the Rams traded for Jalen Ramsey. You knew they had to re-sign him, but they gave up for him, and he was still in his prime. So they did. Good for them. Good move. Uh, people are really hung up on the two interception, the whole two only two interception thing. 
um, well, he's all over the field. He's not just a coverage guy. He's a safety, not a corner. So uh, you can go ahead and have a safety who's out of position and gets a bunch of interceptions, uh, um, well, or at least a few. I take Jamal Adams because you can put him anywhere on the field and he's effective. Yeah, I think the Robbie Anderson move is is a solid move to <clears throat> whether you stick with Sam Darnold or you move on next year to a rookie. He's a good complimentary piece to have to build that offense. And Jamal, it's a it's a smart move. Dude. You invested that much that much draft capital in Jamal Adams. You gotta you gotta make it worth your while. You can't just. You just you can't have that snapshot, like you said, of that few games where he was okay because he was just getting, being integrated in the offense or def, the defense. And I think I think Jamal Adams paired with uh, Pete Carroll and his his mindset of, of building a, a good defense and, and and then obviously Russell Wilson still in his prime. It it just lends to evolving the Seattle Seahawks into potentially being back to the way they were before, um, because you have San Francisco building with Trey Lance, and we're not sure how long that's going to take. Um, whom else am I forgetting in that division? Uh, Arizona, we we know what they're building in Arizona, and <clears throat> we like what they're doing. I mean, uh. I just – you're just not sure are they going to be able to kind of flick that switch to the next level. Yeah. Like like the Buffalo Bills. Because we, and... like we we don't know what Fitzgerald is going to gonna end up doing this, uh, doing this year. He, he said he doesn't really have a desire to play right now. And right. Hopkins, there's some issues with unvaccinated players and may not be able to play. And so we don't even know what's going to happen with him. So. Right. And yeah. um, forgetting one team in the so NFC Niners Rams. Oh, I didn't say Rams. Yeah, and we, we we talked about the Rams before. Yeah, <clears throat> they're 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 going all in on Matthew Stafford, and we'll see where that goes. So there's what I'm trying to say is there's an opportunity for the Seattle Seahawks to kind of jump in and take over this division for at least a couple years. Uh, with each team having their own kind of identity problem. And it's just a smart move to have, if not the top, one of the top safeties in the game locked up for four years and establish him as kind of the the quarterback of that defense. Because yeah, we, saw what, what, we, we saw what the Jets, when they were running well with Jamal Adams, it was a very short time. He, he what he could do with that with their defense, and I just I like the player. I like what he can do. He, he changes the way your te- your defense performs. And even with I think they lost Shaquille Griffin in free agency, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. <clears throat> even with that, even with the changes in the linebacking core, it's still. You can still build around Jamal Adams as a star safety and put a severe dent into the rest of the division because he's going to 
he's going to change the way Kyler Murray thinks. He's going to change the way Matthew Stafford thinks. And he's going to change the way, whether it's Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to have to account for him, play in and play out. Like you said, even with the two interceptions, he has the impact to make it difficult on them to drive the team down the field. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that, <clears throat> that, that Seattle team is going to be better this year than they were last year. I honestly think so. And as far as real quick, before we move on to these last three topics, I think these all kind of tie in together, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't actually realize till right now. I'm like, well, that doesn't have to be three separate things. We can just kind of make that all one. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I'm not going to – who knows what Arizona is going to be. A lot like Lamar after his first year starting, it was like everybody's like, oh, they're going to make this huge. There's no way they can be stopped. And then kind of came back down to earth. That's why people who are kind of questioning guys like Justin Herbert this year, he may have a little bit of a fall off. doesn't mean he's going to be a bad quarterback, but he did so good unexpected last year out of the blue that it's like you're going to still have – these are still young players. They're still going to have growing pains and bumps in the road. Kyler's going to be great. I think Herbert's going to be great. Burrow, I think it's going to be very good at worst. So we'll see. And, yeah, we weren't talking about quarterbacks there, but good signing by the by the, by the uh, Seahawks. You, you, can't, you can't go back on the draft capital, have an effective player, and not re-sign him. They had to. They had to start rebuilding that defense somewhere. Good building block. Well, it's just like Kansas City when they when they traded for Orlando Brown Jr. I believe they handed him a new contract as well. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And they, they had they gave up a, at least a first. Smart move. Oh yeah. You got you yeah. to protect your 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 prime, your, your your franchise quarterback, and and that's and this and the Rams did the same thing with uh, Jalen Ramsey. They eventually got him locked up. It's just a matter of. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this point. It's a matter of if you're going to use those assets, the trade, uh, the, the draft assets to acquire a, a supremely talented player, make sure it's the correct player and make sure you have the money. And we, we say that a lot, but realistically, it's monopoly money. Yeah. <laughs> but make sure you have the right money and you don't um, pin yourself down for years to come to not be able to build on that team, uh, build on that team with that player. And I just, I, I, I it, it happens. It happens quite a bit where a team might go all in and that player, that, that talented player with the first round pick with the second round pick just doesn't pan out. And, and, and teams can get themselves in holes if they then double down and give that long-term contract. Yes, yep. because they, they made the mistake. I yep. think the I think the Rams did that when they traded for Sammy Watkins from the Buffalo Bills. I'm pretty sure they gave up a first-round pick, and they doubled down on and, and and I crap on Sammy more than you do uh, because he was such a highly talented player, never quite. Never quite got to that point where he should have been. Well, like I said he's he's a like great value, Amari Cooper. Yes, I mean, I mean, Amari Cooper. Look, I have nothing personal against the man. I don't, I don't dislike him. I don't dislike Sammy Watkins. This is not a personal thing. This is all what they produce on the field, and you're paid like a premium number one star, and you show up for three games a year. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to give you credit based on Amari Cooper is still living off what he did in college, in yes. his rookie year. He's still living off of that. I mean, it's like people who say Odell Beckham Jr. is an elite receiver. 
In theory, yeah. The man hasn't stayed on the field healthy in four seasons. How do you know that? Like, it's, it's, you got to do it on the field. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't stay healthy, I'm not trying to jinx the guy, but if Patrick Mahomes doesn't stay healthy for the next three years, he's no longer an elite quarterback because we haven't watched him play in four seasons. Right? Like, <laughs> it, it's just how it works. Facts. Facts. I, I can't, I, I don't want to expound on that because I, I think you uh, pointed out uh, very succinctly that it's just the facts. All right, so we got we talked about quarterbacks a little bit there. We're going to close up with uh, some quarterback conversation because we have three topics here all revolving around quarterbacks. And instead of, like I said, going down three different roads, <laughs> we can kind of bump lump these all in together. Yeah. Um, first one is Cam Newton is going to be absent from Patriots practice. Um, <laughs> apparently a misunderstanding with Lee COVID protocols. Uh, I guess he's not vaccinated, and I – look – Whatever your opinion is on that, that's not what the show is about. So we're just saying things one way or the other. We're not getting into that discussion. Um, have your opinions. Go to a medical forum if you want to talk about that. Uh, not you, Ben. Anybody who's going to question that is what I was talking about. Right. Um, I got gotcha. you. Uh, the question is, how mm-hmm. much of a door will this open for Mac Jones? Oh, it's the door is wide open. And I think um, I didn't see the press conference, but Bill... From what it said, the door has been opened. And there is a path for Mac Jones to take the starting position, especially with uh, there's only three preseason games, and we're coming up on number three against the Giants. He's taking all the the first-team reps, I believe, Uh, because Brian Hoyer, let's let's be very honest, Brian Hoyer – is just there to carry a clipboard. Um, Matt, uh, uh, Cam Newton can do all the virtual he wants. If you're not on the field, you're not on the field. And if Matt Jones has taken every first team snap, seven on sevens, 11 on 11s, uh, I believe they're doing joint practices with the Giants, which is an opportunity that a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of rookie quarterbacks may never get because uh, joint practices are just a different level because now you're you're facing competition, but not in real and not in a real game. And then I think the odds are he's going to play most of the game against the Giants. It's just setting him up. Yeah, he would he would need to to absolutely bomb in the game for Cam Newton to still have the starting quarterback spot. And people kind of criticized him not throwing the ball down the field a lot. Um, first of all, that's not the Patriots offense. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs. Second of all, he's a rookie. Uh, and he's – the reason the Patriots drafted him in the first round isn't because they were desperate, desperate for a quarterback. I mean, they were. But sure. but uh, if they were that desperate, they could have traded up and gotten somebody else. They wanted Mac Jones. I'm sure they wanted. I'm sure they would have been just as happy if they ended up with a guy like Justin Fields. Also, I'm not saying I would have been happy. I would have been as well. Um, I'm pretty excited about Mac Jones. I'm trying to tamper my excitement, but I was watching him the other day, yep. and he throws with confidence. He throws a nice football. He does. Uh, he needs to get his. I, I I notice when he throws downfield, he does not have the ball elevated too high, which I like because it's not going to float on you and cause unnecessary interceptions. A lot of good things. Mm-hmm. 
It was off target a little bit too. New system. The game's faster at this level than it is at college. No problem. I think he's going to be just fine. Whatever he becomes in the long run, time will tell. But it's promising. Um, and I just want to say on the cam thing, because I need to, what do we always say on the show? What are we going to be more than anything else? Consistent. Consistent. Exactly. So we buried that dude last year when he left the NBA bubble in Orlando. Uh, and then I forgot his name, but he lied about where he was. Uh, and God. Uh, Lou Williams. Lou, yeah. So I got to do the same to cam because like, look, I think it's ridiculous that they have a policy saying you can't leave your 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 team area if you're not vaccinated for XYZ. I personally think that's dumb. Uh but much like Lou Williams, that is protocol that Cam Newton agreed to. He is doing a job. This is not this is not real life where someone's saying, you can do this, you can't. This is a job. Your employer is telling you, hey, you're going to work for me. You're doing this. You're accepting this massive sum of money. I don't want to hear he's only making $2 million. He's making $2 million a year more than a lot of people. So you're making this massive sum of money. These are the rules you need to abide by. Okay, I agree to that. I don't like them now. I want to change them. That's not how it works. It's not how it works at anybody's job. It's the same, it's the same with, with people going around now complaining about masks. And again, I'm not even, we're not even going to get into our stances on that, but it's like, if you choose to go into a business and that business wants to say you need to have a mask on to go in, you can choose to not go into that business and walk away. Like Cam can choose to not take part in the season if he doesn't want to, but you can't just say when it's been the same rules for a year and a half, oh, I don't understand them now. Like, I think... Uh, look, we don't get into much opinion and, and, and kind of stuff on the show. I think a ton of these mandates and procedures are just, just ass on ridiculous. They're just putting a hat on a hat. Stupid. But if you're going to agree to it and get paid for it, I got to call you out when you don't, we don't follow through and then claim, claim you don't know it when, when you called on it. I mean, if I did that to Lou Williams, I got to be consistent and do it to Cam Newton. The rules are the rules. Yeah. We can disagree. I, I can disagree all day about the rules. But as a union, you guys agreed. And, you, and, and there were plenty of players who came out and said, um, NFLPA this, NFLPA that. But you agreed to it. You agreed to the leadership structure. And then the leadership structure agreed to these stipulations to be able to play the season. If you agree to it, you should know the rules and you should abide by them. And I agree with your position on, the, on, a, on a business. If they say, I want this, this, and this, when you walk in, like it, it, for the longest time, you always had, you need to wear a shirt inside a business. Now you can choose not to want to wear a shirt because it's 98 degrees outside. But guess what? You're not going in that business because right. they said you need to wear a shirt when you're going inside our business. It's their right. It's your right not to go in. It's their right to, to refuse you if you don't want to go in. It's yes. the same principle. Yep. I may not like it, but you have stipulated rules 
prior to going to that business, prior into the season starting, prior to whatever, as long as you stipulate them, I have no issue with uh, the rules that are stipulated. I have no issue. Yep. As long as you make it very clear to your employees, to your customer base, what have you, that those are the rules. What I like, and, and I'll leave it at this because we're we're just getting on that edge of of going into this nonsense. If if a game uh, a stadium is going to stipulate, you know identifying yourself as having a vaccine or, or, or you have to do this, this, or this going in, I'm going to have an issue, but whether there's an issue or not, as long as you stipulate it, right. I, yeah. I, 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 in the end, I will be, I will be consistent. That is your right. I will not be going there, but that is your right to stipulate that. And I think Cam Newton you can have your stance much like um, I, I think he's the only, I'm going to say he's the only one I know of is unvaccinated. DeAndre I'm Hopkins. Not, is it, is that verified? Yes. Okay. By DeAndre himself. Okay. So I have no issue with them not doing that. Understand there's going to be certain stipulations because of the way everything's going around whether they're ridiculous or not. The NFLPA and the NFL have stipulated what they're going to do with vaccinated and unvaccinated and the rules that are in place. This is a league league that wouldn't let players celebrate for many years because, and you figure that would lead to more fan interaction and enjoyment, and they wouldn't do that because someone in the office was butthurt about a celebration. So why does any of this surprise you? I'm not you, I'm just saying in general. But like, yeah, this is, this is not. I mean, I hundred percent agree with you. Whereas a player, somebody chooses to, I, I'm all for personal choice. Uh, I don't, I don't vilify people one way or the other. I don't think one side is stupid. Whether you do or you don't, I know people who are, people who aren't, and I respect and love both sides. And it's that's not the point. The point is, like you said, it's stipulations, it's rules, it's rules you agree to. You can't change them just because you don't like them all of a sudden. So. Got to, got to call him out on that if we're going to call everybody else out too. Patriot right. or not a Patriot. And, and and I just wanted to insert on Mac. Um, what I liked about him, and I, I'm, I'll just make it real quick. What I liked about him was when he was confident, he was stepping into his throws, yep. stepping into the pockets. And I just think that's just going to build. And I like – no matter what quarterback it is, I like when they I see them step into their throws when they when they're stepping up into the pocket. That's when I think they're the best they can be. And I just don't like it when quarterbacks are throwing off their back foot and they're 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 relying solely on their arm strengths at that point. And I, I think that creates uh, bad habits. And that could – I'm not an expert on shoulders. I'm not an expert on quarterbacks. But I know Cam Newton do, did that a lot throughout his career, not just last year, a lot throughout his oh, career. Yeah. His, his mechanics it, were always an issue. And I think that could be part of the issue why his shoulder has fallen off 
to the degree because even even last the, the 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 few the few plays I saw in the last game, the passes just aren't as crisp as they they can be, and I know he worked on it two years two three years ago on reforming his mechanics, but you should have done that beginning of your career, yeah. not at the t- what unfortunately looks like the tail end of his career, even though he's in his early thirties. I, well, if he has under the season like he had last year, or he just ends up losing the spot to Mac Jones, he's not going to have a whole lot of options besides maybe backing up for a few years. I mean, I, I you know, uh, as a person, I've said many times I like Cam Newton, but uh, on the field, he was too inconsistent last year. So, all right. Speaking of rookie quarterbacks, uh, <laughs> Matt Nagy. I mean, I'm sure Matt Nagy's a nice guy. I don't know, but he—if there was an award for how to mismanage young talent, he'd be a shoe in every year. I mean, David Montgomery for two years in a row. It wasn't until the back half of last year, David Montgomery's second year in the league, he figured out, oh hey, maybe I should give the ball to my best player on the field. Right, that'd be a novel concept when I have a guy who's throws interceptions like he's, you know, trying to win an award for it at quarterback. Maybe put the ball in the hands of my best player. Novel concept. Matt Nagy apparently uh, feels Andy Dalton, uh, the same Andy Dalton who did very poorly his last couple of years in Cincinnati, granted a team with a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. He himself wasn't all that healthy all the time. Okay, fair enough. Goes to Dallas, a team with a pretty good offensive line, outstanding running back, talented receivers, and just laid an egg, didn't do well at all. Right. Um... And now he apparently is going to come to a Bears team with an even less potent offense. And somehow he's the guy. Like, I just wish Matt Nagy would come out and say, Justin Fields is too young to start. We just have to bench him for a while so he can get used to the speed of the game. Well, he wouldn't get used to it on the bench. You know what I mean, though. Used to how the game works. Let him observe things. I don't think anybody in this draft is a guy like Peyton Manning. Well, maybe one who's going to uh, uh, learn from sitting on the bench and, and and not, or excuse me, learn from being on the field and, and taking their lumps. You got a lot of guys who have some talent, but they're going to more than likely need some time to develop and, and just say that. That's fine. Just say it. You don't have to come up with some coy, cute excuse. It doesn't make any sense. Andy Dalton is not your team's best chance to win. So <clears throat> there's a, there's a lot I have to say. First off, Matt Nagy, you had oh, I don't remember what team it was, but there was a team that was inquiring about Nick Foles or Andy Dalton's availability. Um, I don't remember which exact team it was. Somewhere in the Northeast, uh, but. Here's my issue with Matt Nagy. You have a quarterback, and I know I've been touting Justin Fields since, I don't know, probably the beginning of last year. He played in, in one of the best one of the best conferences. I mean, I will grant the SEC as the best, okay? I, I, there's no mistaking about that. But he played in multiple playoff um 
college football playoffs. He played in a national championship. Has I, I understand he had a lot of talent around him, but he also played well with that talent. Right. He is ready. He is ready. He needed preseason. He needed training camp to get um, connected with his player, his fellow players. He has two talented running backs, Tariq Cohen and, and David Montgomery. He has a one of the top receivers, Allen Robinson. We agree on that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Allen Robinson's very, very talented. So the pieces are in place. Their pieces are in place better, almost better for than, than <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. The only difference is Trevor Lawrence has uh, less experience in the backfield uh, with his running backs. This, and, and, and I'll, I'll move it to real quick to the 49ers. The rumor, there's the rumors are coming out that Tra- Trey Lance is, is outperforming Jimmy. And I, I saw his stat line and his stat line is stat line in a, in a, in a preseason game, but he, he had, outstanding stat lines this previous this last game and it i don't think he's going to usurp jimmy the start of the season i think jimmy's going to get usurped during the season this i haven't seen much of 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 kyle wilson but it seems like this zach, draft wilson. Class, zach wilson thank you i put kyle pitts and, and yeah no i get zach. you i do it yeah i do it all the time I think there is actually a Kyle Wilson, though, quarterback, quarterback rookie. Yeah, so it's possible. But I think this this draft class seems to be, and this is going to tie into your last year, last point. I think this draft class we're going to see, if not all of them, 80%, 90% of them will be week one starters. That includes Justin Fields. Okay. So that, that leads to my question which rookie quarterbacks will start week one? So, so. Zach Wilson's starting. There's there's nobody there that's no. going to prevent it. Yeah, to they drafted him. And and I have to say, you said you hadn't seen a lot of them. I've seen the kid throw. He looks really good. He may he may be I know we've said this the last decade, <laughs> maybe longer. Yeah. He might be the, the, the rookie quarterback the Jets have been waiting for. Because you got new management in there, you got some talented yeah. receivers in there, you got a young kid in there. Some some running backs who are going to be hungry and fighting for position in there. Right. The, the Patriots fan in me wants to see it tank. The the football fan in me and the guy who's running a you know participating in a podcast who wants to be unbiased most of the time. Uh, this is probably the best looking Jets team at least on paper in a long time. But I'd say Wilson starts too. I agree with that a hundred percent. Trevor Lawrence is starting. Yep. I mean, oh, yeah. Hands I mean, down. I mean yeah. we, we, we know Urban Meyer tried to play that little game. Yeah. No, early, early, no. It's like, come on, Urban. Let's That's who it. I was talking about earlier when I said, like, there's only one guy <laughs> who's going to benefit, even if he struggles, from learning the struggles, and that's Trevor Lawrence, like, like Peyton Manning did. Peyton Manning did not look good his rookie season. We all know what he turned into. Well, it's like Joe Burrow, same thing. Right, right. Um, I don't think – and I, I think I just uh, unveiled this a few minutes ago. I don't – I think Trey Lance – I – it wasn't I wasn't down on him. I was unsure because of the FBS play, of <clears throat> the fact that he played one game this past season and then he was – and then his team shut down. I don't know. But everything I've seen and heard – is Trey Lance is really creeping up on Jimmy G 
And it okay. wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Kyle Shanahan made that move. But I don't think he's going to make that move before the season starts. All right, so let's play a little game here. Mm-hmm. We, we, we agree, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, week yeah. one starters, and they'd have to, you know, uh, no, not entirely to jinx anybody. Injury aside, they're going to ride out. They're going to let them take their lumps and learn whatever. Right. That I think that's done deal. We have the other three big ones, um, and, and one I think people aren't expecting, who I think could start before the year's out. You got Mac Jones, you got Trey Lance, you got Justin Fields. Let's play right. a game. I don't think I think Field should start the season at quarterback, but doesn't seem like he's going to because Matt Nagy has to double down and he can't not be a man of his word, so he has to wait till the second play of the season to what puts Justin Fields in. Um, let's play a game with those three guys when we think they cha- they take the starting role because I don't think I still don't think Mac Jones starts the year as Patriot starter. I just I, I don't see Belichick starting a rookie. If Cam ends up screwing the pooch and things go downward from uh, downward spiral from a relationship standpoint between he and the team, possibly. I just don't see it right now. So let's take those three, and then after that, we'll say anybody else because I have one in mind who I think will be the starter for his team before the year's up. All right. So let's start with Trey Nick, Lance. Let's start with Trey Lance. Oh, I was going to start with um. Um, Justin Fields. Go ahead then. That's fine. Start with Justin Fields. Then. Whatever. Um, do it. Do what Matt Nagy should do and start with Justin Fields. Well, so here's the here here's one. I, I, he's not going to start because they've already named Dalton starter. I think what we might see is because the Rams. I'm not sure about their. That's their week one opponent. They're kind of in flux too. They're not sure what they're going to be. So you could get a surprise win with Andy Dalton in week one. And then you have two division rivals, Bengals, Browns. I think you could come out week four and, and excuse me. (coughs) I think they could get through week two, week three and see that Andy Dalton's not the answer. And then week four, you see against the Detroit lions, Justin Fields start. So Ben's got Justin Fields starting week four. I am going to say Andy Dalton gets I hate to say this because I'm, I'm not rooting against the guy but he's been injury prone I don't think it takes that long I think I'm going to say week three week three Justin Fields is a starter for the Bears and he never looks back what do you want to go sure. to next Lance or Jones uh, we'll go to Lance we'll okay. go to Trey Lance I, I, I'm going to, I'll start there sure um, I don't really have a lot uh, neither one of these. I mean, I don't really have a lot of analysis on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to say uh, I think it's pretty clear they traded up what they gave up. They want Lance to be the guy. They didn't, tra- they didn't, they didn't pick him, but they picked him to not use him. They like his skill set. I really think next to Trevor Lawrence, he's probably the most pro ready, honestly, just with his skill set. I know, I know you weren't high on him, but I just think the way I know he didn't play a lot, but just man, the way the guy plays. He just reminds me of Patrick Mahomes. I know that's a, that's a crazy analysis, but people said Pat, Samuel and Patrick Mahomes when he came in. The Chiefs drafted him, and they said, oh, my God. We don't know if this guy's the guy. Yeah, largest contract in American sports history three years later proved otherwise. Um, I'm going to say Lance is the starter by week four. Um, 
I'm looking at I'm looking at week two. Week two. They face the Lions week one. I think Jimmy might have if Jimmy has issues in week one, which I think he's going to. Eagles are we're, it's an unsure team. And then week three, it's the Packers. If they go in to the Packers with Jimmy G and Owen two, you can't start Trey Lance at that point. So it's 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 either week two or week four. And even week four, it's the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm going to hedge my bets. It's going to be week two against the Eagles. Trey Lance is in. I'm going to go four against the Seahawks because I think they're going to probably be one and two at that point, and they're going to want to make a statement that this is the guy because I think they've Jimmy G's been on his way out since he got hurt last year. I mean, that's just – I'm surprised he wasn't traded, probably because of the contract. They can't move him. But at this point, I think they'll cut their losses and they'll end up moving him before the year's even out probably. Um, and if not, he won't be in – if they don't this season, he won't be in San Fran to start the next season. Right. That's a topic for a different time. All right, now to future nine-time Super Bowl champion Mac Jones. Um, <laughs> I say that just to get all the Patriots haters riled up out there because it's just so damn easy. Um, I just I don't see Belichick starting him on the season just because that's just so much added pressure. Mm-hmm. And not that Jones can't take it, but Belichick has a vision for this kid. And he's not going to deviate. We know Belichick's not going to deviate from his plan. That's why he has success. Even when guys struggle, a lot of times he'll leave them in if he thinks they can be more than they are. And a lot of times they'll be bad for half the season and then they become really good players because they trial by fire. They learned on the job. Right. Uh, I think Belichick's been high on this guy for a long time. I think that video of him during the draft a couple, uh, a couple months ago, or excuse me, during the, um, during the workouts, the pre-draft workouts, where he was kind of laughing when he overthrew somebody or he said something to McDaniels. Belichick does everything for a reason. Uh, and I don't care if people think I'm giving him too much credit. The man is a football genius, and he gives, he does everything for a reason. The man doesn't wake up and, and, and take a step without knowing why he's doing it. He knew what he was doing. Now, he would have been happy with a guy like Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I'm, not sure, I'm sure he wouldn't have been like, oh, God, I don't want him. But he had his eye on Jones. He has a plan for this kid. Kids looked good, not great. I think he knows he can make him get to that next level. I think by the time, by the time the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady come to Gillette, yeah, Mac Jones will be the starter. That's that's where I was going to go with Chris. Uh, but where, where are you? So you're you're saying week three? When do they come? Week four? They would come week four. I'm going to say week three then. Yeah. He'll be the starter because they'll he'll come in, watch him have a great game, and then that's the build of the entire. It, it's it's too good of a story. I know I know it's a story, and it's not NFL is not a predetermined thing. It's not it's not a wrestling, but it's too good of a story to not happen, even in reality. I, I think week one, if if Cam gets any play on against the Giants, then week one he will start. And I think by the end of that game. Wow. By the end of week one? End of week one. It, wow. it, it, if I think the way it's going to go and Mac, and Cam is not going to perform, because it's the Jets and the it's the, uh, the Dolphins and the Jets, one week one, week two. You can't go 0-2 in division starting off the season. 
and expect to come out in the end win, winning the division. So <clears throat> if it looks like the Dolphins are going to take this game, he's going to try to – I think he's going to try to put Mac Jones into that game and see what he has with him right off the – and then it'll be the Jets the following week, and you can take advantage of the Jets even though – Zach Wilson can have all the talent. He's still rookie. Mac Jones is still rookie. So it can come down to the running game and the defense, which I think edge goes to the Patriots at that point. And then you have the Saints, which I think Mac Jones, two full games, Jets, Saints, could prompt a decent competition week four against the Bucs. I'm saying halfway through week one, Mac Jones is starting. Okay, wow. So by halftime of the first game. It, it could be before, it could be right after, but I think you get the general gist of what I'm saying. Yeah, I get you. <clears throat> All right, yeah, and and, and uh, just real quick before we move on to our, our, our wild card pick there, uh, who might start. Uh, I don't know if you have one, but I do. Um, it, it's it, Week one and week two, you're going against the Dolphins and Tua, the Jets and Zach Wilson. What would Belichick love to do more after everybody just said the downfall of the dynasty than, than shut down to the rookie who was highly talented above his guy and then Tua who was taken sixth overall last year or fifth overall last year? We know what the Bills and Josh Allen are. We know how good they are. So they're not, you're not going to, you know, go on, you're not going to go, you know, piss on their doorstep. But jets at dolphins still trying to establish belichick would love to come in and put his foot down with his new guy and say no 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 no. brady left it's been a year we're back watch out if it happens or not who knows but it'd be fun all right i know you got to get going yeah so we're gonna just real quick and then we're gonna give our wild cards dak mm-hmm. prescott apparently set the start for week one after that massive injury last year good for him uh and carson wentz very injury prone was given a five to 12 week recovery time Return to practice, already back. So all that we said a couple weeks ago about him, his career possibly being in jeopardy if we can't get established and get healthy, maybe all for not. Maybe he's back. Um, so interesting. Uh, hopefully, you know, wish those guys on, on a human level at least good luck. And for me, I'm going to say real quick before we go, uh, if I had to pick one rookie who is not one of the, the big five who will be starting for his team by the time the season's over, it will be uh, Kellen Mond with the Minnesota Vikings because yeah. they need to move on from Kirk Cousins. He is not the answer. They have every other piece in place on that offense, and they can't keep waiting for Cousins to not be Cousins. So, And I, I would just insert, um, I think the only other obvious choice, and I just had his name up, uh, Davis Mills, uh, quarterback out of Stanford, drafted by the Texans. And that's for obvious reasons. Right. Um I haven't heard anything about him because obviously no. Tyrod Taylor is there, but it's the Tyrod Taylor curse. Poor guy. Deserves uh, better than this. If there's a rookie quarterback on the staff and he's there and he's prompted to be potentially the starting quarterback, the odds are by week two, week three, he will not be the starter. So Tyrod Taylor, the ultimate bridesmaid. Uh Hate to see it too, because he plays pretty well most of the time when he's in. It's it's but. never really his fault. It's no, just, no, just kind of goes the way. All right, well, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. You got to get going, so we're gonna get out of here. 
Thank you so much for listening to episode 142. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related in general, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter, that at BTSPod. Facebook, Brennan Chris Talk Sports. The website, BTSPod.com. And Instagram, Chris, is? Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And now is that time of the show when I play the broken record. And thank you all for your uh, support with the downloads. They're still doing well. Uh, if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast and leave a rating and a review and tell a friend. It really helps spread the word. But for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.